Hey, turn to uh, James chapter 5, if you would. We have uh, this week and one more week uh, into James, and we'll be wrapping up. And then we get ahead into Romans, which I'm really looking forward to uh, doing with you, as well as Jackson is. Let me tell you a story about uh, a man who lived in Los Angeles. He, uh, he was thrown into uh, jail. He was arrested for uh, negligent discharge of his weapon. And what he ended up doing is he shot his toilet bowl five times with a 38 caliber. And what happened was his uh, daughter had put a hairbrush uh, in the toilet. And as it uh, got flushed down, it obviously uh, got stuck and overflowed. And he said he just couldn't take it anymore. And so he shot the toilet for swallowing, the offending toilet for swallowing the brush. We have no word on the toilet's condition, but the man's patience was long gone. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. I think it's a great question for all of us, truly, is how's our patience? How's our patience? Every single day, every single day we're going to be refined in this area, don't we? We're going to be refined in an area of, uh, in a world that is just so fast, and we are feeling so rushed most of the time that we lose our patience. And yet what James is going to point out is that's not the character of our Lord Jesus. And that as followers of Jesus Christ, that we would begin to rest in him and learn to be patient people, long-suffering, ones who wait upon him. So let's look at what he says, beginning in verse 7. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And as you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And so James calls us to be patient in light of his return. In light of the fact that the Lord is coming back. And I think one of the realities of our lives, truly, is that we we often forget this, don't we? At least we put it on the back burner. The fact that the Lord is, indeed, coming back. We have a Savior who will return, and we can have patience because of this truth. It is our hope. It is our confident hope. That one day, he will return, despite all the craziness of this broken world that we live in, despite all that's going around us, that Jesus Christ came 
that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, that Jesus Christ rose again with the promise that whoever should believe upon him shall have life eternally. And the promise that he will return someday. And sometimes we just need to wake up to that. That one of the only ways that we can have patience is going, Lord, you are coming back. We are aliens passing through here. We are visitors. And so amidst all that's going on around me, I know for certain that you have my life. I know for certain that you will return. I know for certain that there is eternal life with you forever. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, how do we live in that truth? James ended up uh, last week in verse 6. And he said this of those who, if you remember, we were talking about the rich oppressors, the landowners that were, that were really coming down hard on their, on their employees. They were taking advantage of. And James speaks of their character in the middle of this, and it was a little tricky to catch, and we didn't spend a lot of time on it last week, but let me remind you. It said this. It says, you rich oppressors, you have, verse 6, condemned, and you have murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. And what he's really speaking to is the attitude of what the Christian life should be. These are followers of Christ. And so a lifestyle of Christianity is they're ones who won't fight against you. They are ones who live a life that says God is in control. So for the Christian, I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him also the other. And so it's a call to be patient amidst adversity. It's a call to be patient amidst those who oppose us. Unfair, oppressive circumstance. Patience. A calm endurance based on a certain knowledge that God is in control. Knowing where we are headed, knowing the end of the story. And James, what he is bringing to us, I think, is James is concerned about our attitude in response to opposition and response to affliction and response to things that that seem to get in our way. The response when, when life just isn't fair. And this whole book is a call towards being molded into the image of Christ. That we're becoming more and more like Him. And so here's what a lifestyle in the Lord Jesus Christ looks like. And again, the challenge for us is we are called to be patient people. Long-suffering And in this passage, in verse 6, when it says, they do not oppose you, uh, David Roper has a wonderful book, uh, Growing Slowly Wise. And he says, he says the idea of opposition actually is to, to rage against in battle. It's, it's I will get my way. I will defend myself. I will attack 
back. And Peter reminds us of a lifestyle that's opposite of that. Along with James. Here's what Peter says. Servants, be submissive to your masters. Employees, be submissive to your bosses. If you are not the boss, you've got to be asking yourself, do I submit? Do I work unto the Lord? Do I serve him and him alone? And hopefully out of that, my boss is pleased, but I live to please God. With all respect to them, not only to those who are good bosses, but those who are gentle. Those who are also unreasonable, be submissive to, Peter reminds us in chapter 2. Why do we do this? For this finds favor in God's eyes. For the sake of our conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience, but if when you do what is right and you suffer for it patiently and you endure it, this finds favor with God. And so I think for all of us who are employees, we must ask the question, who are we living for? And actually, who are we trying to please? Are we living to please our boss? Or are we living to please the Lord? And again, that the outcome of that is that our boss is pleased with us. Many of you have bosses that are hard on you. And the Lord is saying, bear up with patience in the strength of the Lord, knowing that he has your life, that he's in control. You have been called for this very purpose, Peter keeps on going, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example to follow in his steps. So what is James calling as far as the rich oppressors upon the people? Long-suffering, that quality of of self-restraint. That quality that, in the face of provocation, doesn't quickly retaliate. It's the opposite of anger. It's associated with mercy. It doesn't surrender. I don't know if I told you, uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm a head coach for uh, nine-year-old tackle football for my boy Caleb. I have 21 guys on my team. And they are great guys. And as we came together and and as we've been practicing, and man, it's just been great seeing these nine-year-olds just, you know, getting into it, getting dirty, hitting each other hard. And uh, But they're nine, you know? They haven't played tackle football before. And the parents come and they watch and, and they're all excited about their kid playing. And, and uh, we play them a lot. We play all these kids because we have a philosophy on our team that we're not just going to play the best kids. There's a rule in Optimus football that you have to play kids at least five plays. But we just want to live way beyond that because we want kids to learn to play football. 
So we play our first game, and we get blown out. They're a little discouraged, but they come, they're nine. They bounce back, you know. We give them candy, they're good to go. <laughs> you know, truly. Second game, we get into it, we get blown out again. Then all of a sudden it starts. Those happy parents become very unhappy. They start saying things on the sidelines. They start accusing you, me, the coach. They start attacking all the other coaches. You know, again, they're not there every day. We know the talent of their son, and some of their sons aren't very good, but we play them anyway because we love them. And, you know, the parents and all of us got together and we're like, hey, the, the deal is with our team. Here's the philosophy of our team. Our team is that, 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 the, that the players are improving. That's one of our big philosophies. Our philosophy is that they are having fun. Parents are, yeah, we want them to have fun. You know what? The kids are having a blast. But here comes the opposition. And man, we were getting hit from all kinds. Yesterday we played again. Guess what? We lost again. Parents on the sideline, just, you know, shaking their head. Kids made great plays. I'm like, didn't your son do great? Yeah, it was fine. Long-suffering. Patience. You know what's interesting to me? Is that a lot of people think that nine-year-olds should play with the ability of a college player. You know? I mean, they're fumbling the ball left to right. They'll be running. Another player will come and take the ball right out of their hands and run it back for a touchdown. And as a coach, you just go, okay, Lord, patience. And honestly, it's been a journey for me, and truly, saying, Lord, help me to be patient. Help me to be patient with these parents, you know, as they truly, they attack hard, some of them. And, and honestly, I'm, there's times where I'm ready to just attack back. You know, it's like, wake up, you know, smell, smell what's going on here. But we calmly, and I've encouraged all my coaches, because they feel it too. I have seven other co- six other coaches with me. And one of them actually wrote a letter just saying, I can't believe how, you know, ridiculous the parents are on the sidelines, and he wanted to send it out to all the parents. And I said, you know, let's just talk with them. And it really was uh, of the Holy Spirit. But that we, we learn to live a lifestyle where we go, Lord, in the face of opposition, in the face of what seems to be unjust accusation, in the, in the face of things just not going the way we had hoped, help me, Father, to be patient. We all have different circumstances, don't we? That's just one for me. And I've got to be honest, you know, when I think about my life, I go, patience is an area... That God just keeps, I mean, studying this chapter, I was just like, man, Lord, you got the wrong guy doing this one. You know, truly. Uh, I, think, I think God's grown me up, but I still, I, I have a long way to go. And it's, uh, yeah, you can pray for me as a pastor in that. It's, it's really trying to learn not to quickly judge back, not to quickly, you know, want to get my way, to be calm with people to take and listen from the Lord how he wants me to respond. And so with our football team, 
as I told them yesterday, I said, we won't surrender. We will keep running this race. We are going to keep playing football. We have four more games and we're going to fight hard. We know there will be victory someday. Lord willing. <laughs> I tell you. I'm just begging God. I'm like, God, do some miracle stuff here. But he says, he says, I want you to be, I want you to be patient, Christians, those who, who have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. I want you to be patient like the farmer. I want you to be one who, who waits for his return like the farmer does. And again, every single day I think of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ, we have this incredible opportunity to be different from this world in the way we respond to a world that is just passing us by 90 miles an hour on Highway 55 going to McCall. And we're trying to keep the speed limit. And again, our temptation is, well, I'm just going to go fast and I'm not going to wait. And that's the way the world goes. We live in everything now, don't we? And so, in a call to be patient, man, it goes against everything truly, I think, that we know in this culture. And especially in this American culture. And so it's hard for us. It just is. And so I think it's extra time on our knees going, God, we need help here. We want to be patient like you called us to. We want to learn to demonstrate that in the midst of life we go, hey, you know, there's nothing we can do to make it any faster. There's just, this is where we're at. Wait like the farmer, knowing that there will be a harvest. You know, I did, uh, I did uh, Disney World this year with my kids. And as you enter uh, into Disney World, there's a big sign. And it says, uh, where all your dreams come true. And it's like, as you drive through with your kids, it's just like, yes. Can't wait to get there. And then you run through the gates down Main Street like a little child. And, and your kids, and the balloons everywhere. And there's the castle. And, and, then, and then you... Uh, you go and uh, you get in line. <laughs> and so you have a choice. You have a choice as everybody around you is just struggling and, you know, just really not in a good mood. And so we were in line and, and I just saw a family and they were kind of, they were just kind of, you know, it's, it's a little hot and it was kind of humid that day in Orlando and, they're just kind of leaning against the rail, and it was like an hour-plus wait. And so I looked over at them, you know, and well, all the parents are kind of in the same place. And I'm just like, are all your dreams coming true? <laughs> and we just had fun with each other, you know what I mean? And so the rest of the time, we just got to engage with this family as we waited together. It was, it was different than being like the rest who complained and, and wanted things to move faster. At Disney World, there is the option of the Fast Pass. But a lot of times, the Fast Pass has run out, so you have to wait. And so that we would have a lifestyle, again, that says people would look at us and they go, what is it about you that doesn't seem to be so hurried, that seems to be calm in the middle of a circumstance that the rest of the world is not? Do you understand, you and I, as followers of Jesus, we reflect the image of Jesus Christ. 
Do you realize that? Do you keep remembering that? And that we can because we have the Holy Spirit who lives in us. He doesn't say be patient and good luck, right? He says depend on me. I'm the one who gives you strength to do so. And so in all your circumstances, when you're faced with kind of time crunches and things of that nature, that you would be different. That you go, Lord, for some reason you have me waiting in line here. You know, give me your eyes to see what's going on. Because we will wait. We will have to to make a choice. A lifestyle that is calmed and not hurried. And you know one of the things I love about Jesus? And as we study his life, he was never hurried, was he? He really wasn't. He had a lot going on. A lot going on. It doesn't mean we stop. It doesn't mean we stop going about the business of the Lord. But it means that we don't feel pressured or, or rushed or all of a sudden are anxious and we're, we're getting angry because it's not going just like we want. I loved about Jesus that he would always, I mean, again, the multitudes would surround him. And yet at the same time, he would run off to a quiet place to just be with God and rest in him. And I think the big dilemma for our spiritual lives in this community, in this culture, is that we are in a hurry, but God is not. He's not. And it seems, again, impossible sometimes, the results we want now. But I cannot have you forget that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in our lives, supernaturally defeating our flesh that wants everything now. And here's what the Scripture says to us, Christians. And the fruit of the Spirit is patience. That can be truly part of our lives. We try to have excuses. We say, I'm Italian or I'm, you know, whatever. We, we try to make excuses for why we're impatient. God's saying, stop that. Come to me. I know your flesh is weak. I know the culture you live in. But I want you to rest in me knowing that I'm in control of your life. So like the farmer, it should be normal living Anticipation and, and hope. The farmer is not in control of the weather. He knows that. He faithfully works the soil and he keeps on working it. And you know what I love about the farmer that I was thinking of this, this week is that he knows he has to wait. I think sometimes we forget that part. We do have to wait. We have to wait for the Lord's return. We have to wait to hear from God and what He's doing with us. And in the midst of of opposition and, and attack on us or people challenging your name and your reputation, whatever it might be, they go, Lord, do your work. And it's in the work of waiting that I think He does His best work. As we sit at His feet... The other thing, though, that the farmer knows is he's seen the outcome of his labor and he knows there will be a harvest. Maybe some years, you know, the harvest is longer come. Maybe the, the, the bugs get to it or whatever. But if he keeps doing his work, there will be a harvest. 
For some of us, maybe that harvest is eternity. God is coming back, or we are going with him. But you know what the reality is, the beautiful thing about the Lord, and what we can't forget? We are children of the living God. And I tell you this over and over again, as much as we absolutely radically love our own children, God is so much more in love with us. And then if you think that He isn't always tending to and caring for and and nurturing us and growing us up, then you are badly mistaken about the character of God. That He wants us to have life now here on earth. That He wants us to have fulfillment here on earth. He wants us to have joy. But the one thing that He really wants is that we just release control and let Him be in control. Listen to David as he cries out to the Lord. And he was crying out, Lord, in Psalm 27, he says, Lord, you know, could you come back quickly? Do you hear my cry? What's going on? And I think for most of us, that's a a pretty honest cry. There are days where you just go, man, I just don't get this. How does this all play out? There are times when I'm just so, again, impatient, where I'm just frustrated, where I'm struggling with God. I have an honest wrestling with him. And David ends up in Psalm 27, 13, says, but I'm confident of this. He says, I'm still confident of this. That I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So it's not only in his return, but it's now. We live in the land of the living right now. That you will see God's goodness right now. We were upstairs, uh, the growth group meets first service. Again, that's why I was a little bit late. But we were praying for, uh, we were praying for Kevin, and I'm sure you prayed for him here this morning. But that was our prayer. Lord, would he see you today in a new way, full of your love and, and glory upon him in the land of the living? even in the midst of a body afflicted with cancer, that he will see the goodness of God in his life. That's the truth of our Lord. And that for Kevin and for the rest of us, that we are children of God and that he's right there with us. So wait for the Lord, the scriptures go on in Psalm 27. Be strong and take heart and trust yourselves and wait for the Lord. And so in all of these circumstances, again, where we, we are trying to get out the door and we're trying to catch our planes and we're, you know, we're trying to get our kids to school, to be able to step back in the power of the Spirit and to be still and know that He is God. And what that means, again, is to be still, to rest in Him. You just lost your job. Your children are hurting, sick. Again, your, your family life is in turmoil. You get impatient with each other. To be still. To know that He is God in your life. To know that we have a resource of the living God dwelling in our souls. Do you know that, truly? Truly. 
Again, we try to fix it. We try to, in the flesh, make it happen. And he's saying, stop. You're becoming impatient, and your impatience is leading to anger, and your anger is destructive. So in the midst of the trial and the suffering and the pain, in the midst of opposition in your life, be patient. Then he calls us to be patient with each other. He says, don't complain against one another. Don't, don't be ones that grumble against each other. The idea, the idea is that we're starting to, to blame one another for the bad circumstance that we are in. They say, as followers of Christ who know that the Lord is coming back, as followers of Christ who live with the Holy Spirit in our lives, ask the Lord to be patient with each other. The language, the original language, has the idea that you are murmuring. There's this, that's what's happening on my sidelines during football games. Parents are murmuring. And it's, it really is. It's spreading along the sidelines. Remember what the Scriptures teach us? When we're divisive and we're talking about each other, it's a, it's a bad yeast that goes throughout the body. He's saying, don't be like that. I know things are going hard, but let's not turn to blaming each other. Let's step back. You know, again, we see this in our marriages, don't we? Things aren't quite working out relationship-wise. We blame each other. If our kids are doing something silly... Well, that's your son. We blame one another. You know, I've been in this church a long time, and when church isn't quite going the way we'd love to see the Lord doing it, what do we do? We blame one another. Blame leadership. They're saying that's ungodly. That's not what Christ has for us. Remember James in chapter 3, as Jackson taught us about the tongue? that murmuring, that divisiveness. It can be used to either give life or to bring death. And so really what he's saying, it's a command. He's saying, stop it. Stop murmuring. Stop judging one another. Stop taking your blame and passing it on. And be ones that are patient, long-suffering. Asking God to minister to you. Lord, I'm struggling here. Help me understand. Or, Lord, help me to go to that person so that I can make things right or have clarity. I mean, let's stop playing games as Christians. It's not okay to murmur. Not according to the Lord. You know what he says? He says, I stand right at the door as judge. And if you judge this way, you will be judged accordingly. That's not a joke. That's a pretty hard term of our Lord. Righteous judge in our lives. He's saying, don't do that to each other. You know what I think happens? It's funny, you know, in our marriages and in church sometimes. It's like we forget. We start to think of each other as the enemy sometimes. And you go, well, how did I get here? My spouse is my enemy? Wow, that's bad thinking. What? The, the church leaders are against us? Whoa, where'd that? That came straight from the pit of hell. That's where that came from. Truly. And so he's saying, stop. Be patient. Let's learn from each other. You know? It's a call to really, again, this long suffering, this waiting out. And as we live in each other, we know, you know, again, when things come hard on you, 
We just want to put that out on others. And James was seeing that in his church and as he spread it around. And he says, knock it off. Knock it off. This is not how we are to be as followers of Jesus Christ. For they will know we are Christians by our love for one another. In every wedding that we do, one of the things that we remind the couples of is Corinthians 13. And love is patient. Boy, we need that in our marriages all the time. I just talked with a delightful couple over here. I've been married 61 years. Said she's the one who's patient. Amen. Huh? Amen. Patience. Long-suffering with each other. You know why we're patient? Because Jesus is patient. And that we live a life that follows Him. His desire, according to Scripture, is that none should perish. He says, I haven't come back yet because my desire is that none would fall away. I will wait in patience before my return. He wants hearts turned towards Him. Oh, He's a patient God with us. Peter goes and Peter cuts off the guy's ear and, 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 and Peter denies him three times. And What does Jesus do? Well, let me put the ear back on. You know? Hey, Peter, do you really love me? Do you really love me? Feed my sheep. He doesn't go, and I can't believe, Peter, what an absolute idiot you are. You know? Truly. He doesn't. Why are we patient people? Because it's the character of Christ. Mary and Martha. Mary sitting at the feet. Martha's really doing what she should have been doing. Hosting. We were talking this week at staff retreat. Mary, Martha gets kind of a bum rap. She's a good woman. She wanted to be at the feet of Jesus, but she really felt her call was to host what she was supposed to do. And what does Jesus do, you know, as she complains to Jesus, Lord, don't you care about what's going on here? All he says is, you know what, Martha? You're busy with with all kinds of things. But Mary has chosen what's better right now. Which is, I want you to just rest at my feet. Be still, know that I am God, and let the Spirit of God give you patience and, and learning from Him. Sitting at the rabbi's feet. Jesus is patient. Man, the disciples fall asleep on him in the garden. Boy, I mean, we let God down all the time, don't we? We let our Lord down a lot, and he's patient. So be patient, he calls us to. And one of the things he reminds us, he says, look at the saints. Look at those who went before you. Look at the lifestyle of Job. Let me give you an example of one who has long suffered. The prophets who went out and spoke the word of the Lord and they were attacked. Job, who, who unjustly, it seemed like, had to suffer for, he didn't know why. And he says, use them as an example. That you would be ones who keep fighting the fight, running this race. Wilberforce, who kept fighting for slavery and he was just at the end of his rope and And he got this wonderful letter that said, keep running this race. God has chosen you for this moment to do this. 
So for 45 more years, he kept running the race, fighting for freedom for the slaves. And one day it happened. And then three days later, he died. He kept running the race. I won't give up. I'll be like the farmer. I wait. I let God use me. I don't just sit by. I let him use me. There is going to be attack against me. But I look at Job. I look at the ones who've gone before me. They're, they're blessed. They are blessed. And the truth is, and so are we. Do you remember the beginning of James when we went through it? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, of many colors, that says. Because you know that the testing of your faith does what? Develops perseverance, this ongoing lifestyle in Christ, long obedience, same direction. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Job held on in the middle of unexplained trial. And God, in the end, vindicated Job. He wanted, him, he wanted the saints to see that James did. Remember what happened to Job, but he kept holding on. God delivered him. Job was able to know God at a deeper level as he wrestled with his Lord. Do you see the blessing there? As we go through it, as things are going against us, and as we come before the Lord to be still and say, God, give me patience, we get to see the Spirit pour into us and truly, all of a sudden, we are resting in the Lord. He's given us wisdom as we calm down and step back for a minute. God does a great, if not his greatest work, under pressure in our lives. And that we don't waste the pain. That we don't try to hurry up the situation that's coming against us. The blessing is in our transformation in our lives, spiritually. That we are becoming more and more like Him. Which is what we say we want, but again, we want it now. That's our impatience. Instead of blaming others and getting angry, we ask the Spirit to minister to us and to help us rest in Him. Do you understand something? Patience is truly an act of worship. It's taking time to come into the throne room of God, acknowledging that He is in control of your circumstance, your immediate situation, and saying, Lord, help me to live out this day reflecting your image and the patience that you have demonstrated. And so I think, how can we help each other in this? Because unless you're a super saint, I'm assuming you struggle with this as much as I do. I'm not quite sure how you can't. But I do think we can grow more, grow stronger in it. And I thought one of the ways, and this is what my wife does with me. We, we even had it this week up in McCall where <clears throat> we, we had uh, some cabins in McCall. And we had some in New Meadows, and our meeting place was New Meadows. And... Uh, so we, were, we kind of woke up a little late. We were in McCall. And we're trying to get to New Meadows to make the meeting. And, and just as we pull off Warren Wagon Road, headed up to McCall, two big uh, semis loaded with huge logs 
pulls right in front of us. Just slow as all get out. And I'm just getting fried, you know? I was like, oh, I can't believe it. Happened two days in a row. Brad Carr was with me the next time. I can't, the same truck. <laughs> and Keenan the whole time was like, would you just look around at the beauty? Don't focus on the logs in front of you. Look around. And I'm just like, leave me alone, you know? <laughs> but she was right. She was right. And I think that's how we can help each other. Maybe just the, even just the, the subtle, hey, who's in control? Who's in control? And then I think one of the other things, truly, the scriptures remind us we do not have because we do not ask. And those are spiritual things. Maybe we don't have patience because we're not asking the Lord for patience. We're not entering the throne room saying, God, help. My flesh is just wanting to respond here. So let's pray that we would.